This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Thursday. It's a freaking Diwali. I don't really know much about what that means. It's the Indian Festival of Lights. We're going to find out tonight because we are cultured and we want to learn shit. Plus, Dr. Fauci and Senator Rand Paul are on like round number 5,742 of their ongoing feud. We're going to see the two of them face off. The NRA is being sued for illegally funding GOP campaigns, including Donald Trump. A trucker has unseated New Jersey's longest serving politician. We're going to look at his campaign ad and see what we think about that. Plus, Tammy Lauren. Tammy Lauren. Tony uh, Loeffler. Whatever the fuck her name is. That blonde chick. She's going to give us her thoughts about the oncoming red wave. I noticed she changed her profile picture to be very uh, um, sultry, sensuous, if you will. I'm sure that is the best way to get views and likes and shares and shit with stupid-ass right-wingers. Plus, we're going to talk about some other shit. Hepatitis vaccine. Uh, What else I got? Oh, James Carvel. I'm sure that's going to be... Mm, That's going to be infuriating. Talking about wokeness costing the Democrats. Plus, Governor Ron DeSantis says he is not going to set up state sites for children to get vaccinated. Yes, Donnie, you're the only person on Facebook. You are not the only person watching. You can see the fucking chat on the screen, you stupid fuck. Donnie was arguing with me about unions, did not accept any of the data that I told him all the shit that unions have done, fucking gave us the 40-hour work week, child labor laws, even pointing out Donnie might be from eastern Kentucky, I'm not sure, I found him on a friend's post in eastern Kentucky. Unions are the reason why our ancestors didn't get paid in script anymore. The reason why they don't live in company towns. You can go right down the road. I showed you wages commensurate to union participation. Seemed to be pretty uh, cut and dry. I am sorry, Donnie, that when I was arguing with you on Facebook last night that I was actually taking time away from playing video games with my friend who was getting incredibly annoyed with me. Then this entire day, I've been working. I do a full-time job on top of doing this show. So, my apologies for not being able to get on the Google Scholar and dig up data for your dumbass. Who wants to suck Mike Rowe's dick? Mike Rowe being a theater kid who is anti-union, does not care about working class people, paid by the Koch brothers to propagandize dumbasses like Donnie. That's who Mike Rowe is, and he wants to suck this dude's dick. Gargle those balls. Right-wingers are fucking morons. How am I spreading misinformation, Donnie? 
I told you, call in. We'll have this discussion right here. I will look the data up for you, show you all the studies that prove unions raise the wages of everybody around companies that are unionized. That's a fact. What do you got against unions? Tell me, do you have any data for the opposite claim? Hmm? What have you got? All you had was, I suck Mike Rose dick! The dude paid by fucking millionaires and billionaires to feed you bullshit and propagandize you. That's who you're going to listen to. The fucking dude telling you to go to trade school that got a fucking theater degree. I swear I don't do this on purpose. Dan Crenshaw, the very first post on my Facebook. Democrats spent years lying about Russian collusion when they were actually colluding with a Russian analyst. Can't make this stuff up. Now, that's weird on the day where we know about the lawsuit accusing the NRA of funneling Russian money to GOP candidates. Let's look up Igor Denachinko. Let's see exactly what Igor was doing. Analyst who aided Trump-Russia dossier charged with lying. Russian analyst who contributed to a dossier of Democratic-funded research. Started as Republican-funded research, by the way. Into ties between Russia and Donald Trump was arrested on Thursday on charges of lying to the FBI about his sources of information, among them a longtime supporter of Hillary Clinton. The case against Igor Denichenko is part of a special counsel, John Durham's ongoing investigation into the origins of the FBI's probe. We already covered this. Has nothing to do with anything. He did not disclose his connections to the Clinton campaign. So, not at all what Dan Crenshaw was claiming. But, but, for those of you who do not know, I would give anything, anything in the world to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. And hey, if I've only got one person watching the stream, maybe it's big tech censorship, Donnie. You ever think about that? Maybe big tech has its thumb on me. You should share me out because, you know, aren't Aren't you for free speech? Help me combat big tech. Share my video out, stupid fucks. As I mentioned, it is the Indian Festival of Lights. Diwali, let's find out exactly what that is from National Geographic. At any time of year, a visitor to India can be overwhelmed by its beauty and color. But a visitor in late fall is especially fortunate. The temperature will have cooled down, the monsoons will have not yet begun, and Diwali, the festival of lights, is at hand. Diwali is to many Indians what Christmas is to Christians. In essence, it commemorates the victory of the forces of light over the forces of darkness. To experience it fully, get up before dawn. And that goes back to the pre-Christian bullshit. Where, basically, the winter solstice is on the 21st. 
The sun stays virtually in the same place, rises an inch on December 25th. That is the day the ancients said that the sun is reborn. Head for the flower markets. Here, flower vendors work feverishly to create garlands of fragrant jasmine that Indians will use to adorn their homes. By dawn, they'll be sold out. Next, head for one of the temples, but go early. Later on in the day, they'll be packed. On your way over, you may see a curious sight. People hunched in front of their doorways, pouring colored sand on the ground. The sand takes the shape of a lotus blossom, a symbol of welcome. And today, millions of symbols of welcome will grace the nation's doorways. Indeed, Diwali is all about sharing. If you're staying in a private home, don't be surprised if the neighbors show up with plates of delicious holiday treats. It's also customary for families to go to the temples together on this day. They often dress in fine new outfits, purchased especially for Diwali. And if their outfits inspire you, head for a sari shop. Shops are open on Diwali, and Indian silks are justifiably famous for their beauty. They're just one of the ways India spruces up and gets into the holiday spirit. So this is an occasion for all of us to rejoice and be with the family and enjoy all the good things in life. So we buy good clothes and make good food. Heck yeah, sounds like a, sounds like a fun time to me. There are lights. If you head to major commercial districts... And Indian food is fucking awesome. ...colorful displays comparable to Christmas lights in western cities. It is the reason why I've got the party lights on tonight. Some cities also put on spectacular public displays of fireworks, like this one in Delhi. But no matter where you are, there are smaller, more intimate fireworks displays. A long day of celebrations is coming to an end, and it's going out with a bang. Well, fuck yeah. Wish I had some curry to be able to celebrate this. By the way, Donnie, saying that I presented zero data, just a screenshot of a tweet. This was the tweet which contained the data. So does this look like zero data to you guys? Because that, that looks like data. I swear to you, I don't do this. It's it's the very first post. Other than like, you know, my memories from last year. Where I'm also where that is also one of the charts I'm very fond of. Shows the uh disconnect between worker productivity and wages. Which also correlates to the attack on unions with the rise of Reaganomics. But yes, Dan Crenshaw, up on my screen. Everybody knows I would give anything to piss in Crenshaw's open eye hole. Alright, let's get to the news so I can spread some misinformation to you guys as I've been accused of. P. 
Paid leave. Immigration. Tax changes added to the Biden bill. House Democrats added a new paid family leave program, immigrant work permits, and a state and local tax break to President Joe Biden's $1.75 trillion social services and environmental bill on Wednesday. Reviving key priorities in the rush to finish up and start voting after dismal overnight election results. Now, Pelosi was wanting to have a vote on that today. Apparently, they didn't get the details hammered out. That vote did not happen. Also, the vote that was supposed to happen yesterday in the Senate on the John Lewis voting rights bill, filibustered, filibustered by the Republicans. Only one Republican joined with the Democrats. Lisa Murkowski from Alaska. The House committee uh, convened late Wednesday afternoon to consider the updated text of the now sprawling 2,135-page package, a crucial step ahead of initial House votes that are possible as soon as Thursday. Apparently, Schumer is uh, riling up some feathers with talk of abolishing the filibuster, at least reforming it in a way where they would be able to pass some shit. Flurry of last-minute additions on top of a plan to include lower Medicare prescription drug prices comes as Democrats are desperate to deliver on Biden's signature domestic proposals. After grim election results for the party in Virginia, a warning that their grip on power could be in peril in next year's midterms. This is weird. There were there were several progressives that won on Tuesday. Also, Tucson, Arizona, voted to raise their minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. You're correct. Democrats are spineless. And one of the most spineless of them all faced more protests today as Joe Manchin, cornered by voters. Here's what that scene looked like. We want to live. 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 But make no mistake about it. This motherfucker is being paid good money to put up with this shit. This is exactly what he is paid to do. Take the heat off of the other Democrats because he's not the only one holding this shit up. He's just their fall guy. Keep putting popular pressure on him. As if it's going to make any difference. We know what ExxonMobil's thoughts on Joe Manchin are. We heard it earlier in the year when the reporter secretly taped the Exxon lobbyist who basically said he, he runs Joe Manchin. He controls Joe Manchin. All U.S. adults under 60 to get the hepatitis B shots. Government Advisory Committee on Wednesday recommended that all U.S. adults younger than 60 be vaccinated against hepatitis B because progress against the liver-damaging disease has stalled. The decision means that tens of millions of U.S. adults, mostly between the ages of 30 and 59, would be advised to get shots. Hepatitis V vaccinations became standard for children in 1991, meaning most adults younger than 30 are already protected. 
The Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices voted unanimously to approve the recommendation on Wednesday. The CDC's director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, must sign off on it before it becomes public policy, but it's not clear when she will decide. The virus has spread through contact with blood or other bodily fluids, and many recent cases have been linked to the opioid epidemic. An estimated 1.9 million Americans are living with hepatitis B infections, though many may not uh, experience liver damage and accompanying symptoms for many years. The government has set a goal of eliminating viral hepatitis as a threat by 2030. Talk about a different kind of vaccine. Dr. Fauci testified today in front of the Senate. This is Mitt Romney questioning Dr. Fauci over the vaccine mandates. Mr. Chairman, I appreciate your uh, service and the information you're providing this morning. Uh, Just following up on Senator Murphy's uh, question, uh, there is a perception that side effects, adverse effects uh, from the vaccine uh, are not being gathered, that they're not being uh, made available to the public. Are the side effects and adverse effects, uh, Dr. Wellens? Well, that's just bullshit captured from right-wingers. Public. Is there a place we can go to see what the- be, be, Because all of them will tell you, well, I know somebody who died after they took the vaccine. I'm not putting the poison in my, in my body. Yeah, me saying that shit is the reason why we're not broadcasting on YouTube right now. Likelihood is of various side effects based upon getting a, a, a vaccine. We have the most robust vaccine safety system than we have ever had in this country in the rollout of the va- this vaccine. Our vaccine adverse events reporting system, as Senator Murphy just described, has over 600,000 reports publicly available. We have a new vSafe system, which is developed specifically for the COVID-19 vaccine. Well, all this shit on VAERS is, is bullshit. System, web surveys to get people to provide their symptoms after they've been vaccinated. It includes over 9.5 million people and over 12.5, 12 million in health surveys. We have a pregnancy registry where we um, uh, survey pregnant women. We are, are um, getting their information. The bald dude bobbing up from under the table kind of flipped me out there. Did you guys see that? After their baby is born and at three months. We've registered over um, 5,000 women in that and we have over 24,000 who have been contacted. And we have a vaccine safety data link, which is a collaboration with our academic uh, institutions, which includes over 7.5 million people who initiated vaccination. This is the most robust vaccine safety system that is a, that's ever been documented. And, and where might the public go to see what the probability is of various side effects or adverse effects from the vaccination? Uh, on our CDC website. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Dr. Fauci, a number of us are concerned about mandates, obviously. Um, uh, the, the question, and I sent you a text just to prep you for the question, but the, the question in this regard is, um, uh, if we do have a mandate, and I'm thinking now of the mandate for private companies, if we do have a mandate, uh, will it save lives? And is there an estimate yes. of the number yes. of lives that might be saved by virtue of having our uh, private companies that have over 100 employees uh, either having their employees uh, receive a vaccination or get a weekly test? If, if that occurs, will it save lives? And do you have an estimate of the number yes. of lives it might save? I have a very firm and confident answer to your first question, Senator. And I don't have one of your second, but let me just explain very briefly. It would be hard to come up with the number for the second. Absolutely save lives. And we know that mandates work. 
If you look at, for example, the percentage of people in United Airlines or in the Houston Medical Association or in other organizations that have mandated, it works 99 plus percent, for example, with United Airlines. So if you take the fact that mandates work and vaccines absolutely save lives, the answer to your question is yes, it does save lives. How, what that number is, you'd have to do modeling, Senator, that I don't have in front of me right now to determine when people get vaccinated in a certain area, what is the chance of their having gotten infected and given their underlying condition, what's the chances of their having died or not? That information can likely be modeled, but I don't have that for you right now. Yeah, I, I would think that given the information you do have, if you extrapolate from the information you have as to where mandates have been imposed, such as United Airlines. I mean, we're, we're uh, talking like what? You apply it, you can count. Ten more percent of the people would get vaccinated under mandates, possibly? For me and for others who are uh, concerned about mandates, uh, we're also concerned about lives lost and right. protecting uh, human life. Um, we also had a, a question from Senator um, uh, Kane about the uh, uh, the long haulers, if you will, the long COVID. Uh, how serious are these long uh, uh, haul uh, cases, uh, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, what proportion of those that that have COVID? Do you have a sense? Do we yeah. know the number? What proportion of those that have that have had COVID are subject to, if you will, serious uh, long COVID conditions? A very good question, Senator, that we are now actually finding out more definitive data. There have been a number of published papers from different smaller cohorts. We're now putting a massive cohort study. And among the smaller cohorts, it ranges from 10 to up to 30, 35% of people have varying degrees of prolonged symptomatology following the so-called resolution of the acute disease. Some of them can be relatively minor, but some of them can be incapacitating. For example, there are some individuals who have truly incapacitating fatigue, where they were pretty healthy, athletic, and then following COVID. They it's never- anecdotal, but I, I've, I've known of people to have that afterwards. Fog, which can be very disturbing to people. Where they- or sparkles might be suffering from it right now. So the spectrum is wide. She doesn't think she is. I kind of do. Bearable to something that incapacitates you. And that's the reason why we have this study right now looking at it. That's about a $1.5 billion investment to try and sort that out. I, I would just note, I know my time is up, but I would just note that it would be helpful for those of us that are concerned about our children or grandchildren to have a sense not just of the number of deaths associated with uh, with COVID in, in children, but also the number of long COVID cases, severe long COVID cases, because it would be my estimate that that probably substantially exceeds yes. the number of deaths among young people. And that Correct. information, I think, would be helpful for parents and grandparents like myself. Thank you. Well, that was probably a lot more cordial than what it's going to be when we play this clip. Of Senator Rand Paul. Oh, Dr. shit. Fauci. I don't auto played for me. To admit that you approved of NIH funding for gain of function research in Wuhan, but your repeated denials have worn thin, and a majority of Americans, frankly, don't believe you. Even the NIH now admits that eco No, they don't. Did that, is, that is not what the NIH said. Viruses not found in nature that actually did gain in lethality. Well, now, fact, Warlord, if, if this had been. 
a a fair country, I believe it would have been Sanders versus Paul in 2016, and that was the election that we actually needed as a country. We needed two diametrically opposed viewpoints actually battling it out. I would have been for it. That was before Rand Paul went completely batshit. Facts are clear. The NIH did fund gain-of-function research in Wuhan, despite your protestation. No. You can deny it all you want, but even the Chinese authors of the paper, in their paper, admit that viruses not found in nature were created, and yes, they gained in infectivity. Your persistent denials, though, are not simply a stain on your reputation, but are a clear and present danger to the country and to the world. As Professor Kevin Esfeldt of MIT has written, gain-of-function research looks like a gamble that civilization can't afford to risk. And yet here we are again with you steadfast in your denials. Why does it matter? Because gain-of-function research with laboratory-created viruses not found in nature could cause a pandemic even worse the next time. We're suffering today from one that has a mortality of approximately 1%. They're experimenting... About 2 to 3%. ...mortalities of between 15 and 50%. Yes, our civilization could be at risk from one of these viruses. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with known pandemic-causing viruses are incredibly risky. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with coronaviruses that have as much as 50% mortality could endanger civilization as we know it. And here you sit, unwilling to accept any responsibility for the current pandemic and unwilling to take any steps to prevent gain-of-function research from possibly unleashing an even more deadly virus. You mislead the public by saying that the published viruses could not be COVID. Well, exactly no one is alleging that. No one is alleging that the public... Bullshit. Bullshit. What we are saying is that this was risky type of research, gain-of-function research. It was risky to share this with the, with the Chinese and that COVID may have been created from a not-yet-revealed virus. We don't anticipate the Chinese are going to reveal the virus if it came from their lab. You know that, but you continue to mislead. You continue to support NIH money going to Wuhan. You continue to say you trust the Chinese scientist. You appear to have learned nothing from this pandemic. Will you today finally take some responsibility for funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator, with all due respect, I disagree with so many of the things that you've said. Gain, first of all, gain-of-function is a very nebulous term. We have spent... It's just like with critical race theory. They just want to throw out shit that sounds scary to their followers. It's socialism. It's gain of function. It's critical race theory. Us, but outside bodies, a considerable amount of effort to give a more precise definition to the type of research that is of concern that might lead to a dangerous situation. You are aware of that. That is called P3CO. We're aware that you deleted gain-of-function okay. from the NIH well, website. Well, I can get back to that in a moment if we have time. But let's get back to the operating framework and guide rails of which we operate under. And you have ignored them. The guidelines are very, very clear that you have to be dealing with a pathogen that clearly is shown and very likely to be highly transmissible in an uncontrollable way 
in humans and to have a high degree of morbidity and mortality and that you do experiments to enhance that, hence the word EPPP, enhanced pathogens of potemic, potential So when EcoHealth Alliance took the virus, SHC-014 and combined it with... Let him talk, Paul. ...and caused a recombinant virus that doesn't exist in nature, and it made mice sicker, mice that had humanized cells. You're saying that that's not gain-of-function research? According to the framework... And guidelines. So what you're doing P3. is defining away gain of function. No. You're simply saying it doesn't exist because you changed the definition on the NIH website. This is terrible, and you're you're completely trying to escape right. the idea that we should do something about trying to prevent a pandemic from leaking from a lab. There's the preponderance of evidence now points towards this coming from the lab, and what you've done is change. The no, that is not true at all. To try to cover your ass, basically. That's what you've done. You've changed the website to try to have a new definition that doesn't include the risky research that's going on. Until you admit that it's risky, we're not going to get anywhere. You have to admit that this research was risky. The NIH has now rebuked them. Your own agency has rebuked them. But that's, the thing is, is you're that is not what the NIH uh, uh, press release said. They gained in lethality. It's a new virus. That's not gain of function. According to the definition that is currently <laughs> operable, you know, Senator, let's one. make it clear for the people who are listening. The current definition was done over a two to three year period by outside bodies, including the NSABB, two conferences by the National Academy of Science, Engineering and Medicine on December 2014, March 2016. We commissioned external risk-benefit assessment, and then on January of 2017, the Office of Science and Technology Policy of the White House issued the current policy. And coincidentally, I, I have coincidentally not the definition any appeared definition. on the same day the NIH said that yes, Ow. there was a gain of... Cloud, uh, the claws are coming out. On the same day the definition appeared, the new definition, to try to define away what's going on in Wuhan. Until you accept it, until you expect, accept responsibility, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit well, that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. Th thank you, Senator Paul. And I would like um, to give the time to Dr. Fauci. Yeah. Yes, please. There were so many things that are egregious misrepresentation here, uh, Madam Chair, that I, I don't think I'd be able to refute all of them, but just a couple of them <laughs> for the listens to hear for. You have said that I am unwilling to take any responsibility for the current pandemic. I have no responsibility for the current pandemic. The current pandemic, okay? Number two. You said the overwhelming amount of evidence indicates that's a lab leak. I believe mm, false card-carrying viral phylogenists and molecular virologists would disagree with you that it's much more likely, even though we leave open all possibilities, it's much more likely that this was a natural occurrence. Third, you say we We've can tested 80,000 animals and no animals Senator have been Paul, found with COVID. Senator Paul, the time is set for... And apparently there are deer getting COVID now. Just a moment ago, that's completely incorrect, where you say we continue to support research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You proved it in August of last year. No, no, your statement says, quote, I wrote it down as you were writing. 
You continue to support research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You were in committee a month ago Which and said you still trust the Chinese scientists and you still support the research over there. You said it a month ago. In there, there were fucking, like, uh, lions weren't there in, in a zoo that caught COVID. But, I mean, he's, he's talking about the... Uh, after you've given accusations like that, like patient zero of the well, of the animals. Well, I don't have more to say except to say that, as usual, and I I have a great deal of respect for this body of the Senate, and it makes not me not Rand Paul though to have to say something. But he is egregiously incorrect in what he says. Thank you. Thank do you believe Doctor Fauci, or do you do you believe fake Doctor Rand Paul? I'll take Fauci, even though I have criticisms over the messaging of the CDC. I feel like Fauci should probably step down just because at this point in time, he is a lightning rod. He probably shouldn't have taken the job with the Biden administration. And we should have just came in with a fresh start. However, I don't think any of the accusations leveled at him by Rand Paul are correct. Meanwhile, down in Florida, Ron DeSantis says Florida will not have state-run vaccination sites for children. With these, uh, these I hope vaccines in Florida, there will be no mandate. I hope that we are on the backside of this. However, looking at data from the rest of the world, it seems like we are getting ready to. Hit the upward slant into another wave. Right now, the cases in the South have plummeted. This is one of the lowest case rates, but that has to do with the fact that a shit ton of people died. And a shit ton of people got it and developed immunity. I'm sorry, Death Santis, you're right. And this could quite possibly lead to even more deaths on death sentences hands date for covid vaccines for children allowed i mean that is a parent's decision um, and we are not it's not already not lawful to to mandate covid vaccine uh for for young children uh and we're going to make sure that, that that is enforced and that parents are the ones that can make these uh you know key decisions uh for for their children uh and for their future and so with that i'm happy to take a few questions yes sir So the uh, we basically <laughs> months ago have Pfizer. Am I a joke to you? everybody in the in the normal medical system the way it is? It's like we're not we're not doing vaccine sites. They're, they're at the pharmacies. They're readily available for everybody. Um, I don't think that there's any difference in the vaccine that's doing. I think they may take a lower dosage. Uh, so there's yes, they take a lower dosage. Of availability of any of that, but it's not something that the state is administering at this point that we basically got it through the uh, whole whole economy in April. And so it's been available at every drugstore since then. Yes, he doesn't think. I try to be an optimist. I hope, I hope we are not at the foot of another wave. I have a bad feeling that we are, though. 
Let's check in in Kenosha, Wisconsin. A juror in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial has been removed over a joke about the Jacob Blake shooting. Wisconsin, a juror was removed from the murder trial of Kyle Rittenhouse today. The juror was kicked out for bias after telling a racist joke to a court deputy about the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Now, that shooting is the one that sparked the demonstration where Rittenhouse shot and killed two protesters and wounded another. The 18-year-old claims that he was acting in self-defense. The Onion headline yesterday Good evening, was fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, do, 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 do I have it? You guys didn't get to see it. It's a good chance he is getting off, Warlord. I mean, my my position all along is it's the most likely scenario is a hung jury. And then whether the prosecution will proceed with prosecuting him again is anyone's guess. The Onion headline from yesterday. Kyle Rittenhouse claims self-defense after shooting three jurors. Kyle came into this courthouse with the best of intentions, yet these courtroom agitators appeared to want to take his weapons away and potentially send him to jail for decades. It was just self-defense. Now we do have some uh, new video in the case that shows the moments leading up to the shooting. We might have to sit through an ad here. Oh, here we go. I should have grabbed the raw video. I'm sorry, guys. Hopefully CNN will will show all of this. This is the infrared video that we've talked about already that the FBI released. That's Rosenbaum chasing Rittenhouse. Uh, Over here is where the second shooter was. The music is a bop. It did not, yeah, CNN did not show, like, the whole video. We've got more video. I will get a hold of that for Sunday. This is going to be a short show tonight because I did not expect to go as long as I did talking about Jake last night. I'm so fucking tired. That couch is calling my name. We're going to slog through this, though. Election night kicked my ass. Yeah, we're going to talk about that woman who who said her whiteness is going to prevent her from going to jail. Uh, do you want me to do it again? Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Everyone knows I would give anything, anything to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye, pussy. <laughs> Talking about Russia collusion over here, Dan Crenshaw. Lawsuit says that NRA illegally funded Trump and other GOP campaigns. 
federal lawsuit accuses the National Rifle Association of violating campaign finance laws by using shell companies to illegally funnel money. Up to $35 million to Republican candidates, including former President Donald Trump, Senator Josh Hawley, and others. The Campaign Legal Center filed the lawsuit Tuesday in Washington on behalf of Giffords, a gun control nonprofit founded by former Democratic U.S. Rep. Gabby Giffords. It accuses the NRA of practices dating to 2014 to evade campaign finance regulations by using a series of shell corporations to illegally but surreptitiously coordinate advertising with at least seven candidates for federal office. The lawsuit names as defendants Holly and U.S. Representative Matt Rosendale of Montana, but the text of the lawsuit also accuses the NRA of excessive and unreported in-kind contributions to campaigns of Trump and Republican Senators Tom Tillis of North Carolina, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, Tom Cotton. I mean, this is a hell of a lineup. Tom Cotton of Arkansas and former Senator Cory Gardner of Colorado. The contributions to Rosendale were during his unsuccessful 2018 Senate campaign, according to the lawsuit. Two NRA affiliates, National Rifle Association of America Political Victory Fund and National Rifle Association of America Institute for Legislative Action are accused of coordinating with GOP candidates to use the same personnel and vendors for campaign ads. NRA responded on Thursday with a statement calling the lawsuit another premeditated abuse of the public by our adversaries who will stop at nothing in their pursuit of their anti-freedom agenda. This latest action is as misguided as it is transparent. Suffice to say, the NRA has full confidence in its political activities and remains eager to set the record straight. Email messages left with the offices of Trump, Hawley, Rosendale, and others cited in the lawsuit were not immediately returned. Lawsuit seeks an order preventing the NRA uh, preventing the NRA from similar violations in future elections and asks the court to require the NRA to pay a penalty matching the amount that was allegedly spent illegally up to thirty five million dollars. Meanwhile, in Pennsylvania. Voting officials are suing Trump, Giuliani, and others over 2020 allegations. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Rudy been awful quiet as of late. The supervisor of Voting Machine Warehouse in Philadelphia suburbs is suing Donald Trump and top political advisors in a Philadelphia-based county court saying the former president slandered him during a months-long effort to overturn the 2020 election. In a 60-page lawsuit, James Savage, the voting machine warehouse custodian in Delaware County, says that in the aftermath of Trump's effort, he suffered two heart attacks and has regularly received threats. In addition to Trump, he's suing some of Trump's key advisors, including his former campaign attorneys, Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis, who has largely escaped investigators' scrutiny thus far. Rudy, of course, is doing cameos for an ungodly amount to try to raise money to fight off all these legal battles he is going to be engulfed in. Heading up the East Coast just a little bit to New Jersey. A truck driver, Edward Durr, defeated the state Senate president, the longest-serving state official, the Associated Press has officially called a state Senate race in southern New Jersey in favor of Republican candidate 
and commercial truck driver Edward Durr, who spent only $153 on his primary campaign. Durr took the election over the longest-serving legislative leader in state history and the current New Jersey Senate President Steve Sweeney, a Democrat. The underdog candidate captured national attention when it was revealed that he led Sweeney by thousands of votes going into Thursday, despite only spending $153 on his primary campaign. Durr told Fox News he spent around $5,000 on the general election. This was his campaign video. Hello. My name is Edward Durr. I'm running for New Jersey State Senate. I've lived here all... I'm sorry, I said it wrong. It's not Durr, it's Durr. Edward Durr. All my life, raising my three kids. In 2020, my opponent sat by and watched as Governor Murphy forced nursing homes to take in COVID-19 patients, resulting in the death of over 8,000 of our seniors. He remained silent as Governor Murphy, with his lockdown and mandates, forced the closing of over one-third of our small businesses, costing New Jersey family thousands of jobs. He has done nothing as seven out. Wow, somebody filmed this on, like, their cell phone camera or something. Which, I mean, if you got, like, an iPhone, like, it's a damn good camera. It is better than the camera that Ola Mills gave me fucking 15 years ago when I was doing portrait studio photography. Has more megapixels. Out of every 10 moves are leaving the state, placing a heavier burden on those of us who remain. The Senate president. Oh, he's got the no step on snake flag. Right wingers are fucking morons. Has spent 20 years in Trenton. Higher taxes, increasing. He's got a cute house. And a rising cost of living. We deserve better. New Jersey. It's time for a change. So together, let's end single party rule. Vote for me, Edward Dare, for Senate. What a campaign ad. Like, he didn't even hire somebody like me. He didn't go to Fiverr or Upwork and get somebody like me. This dude just had, like, his friend film him on his cell phone. (laughs) But yes, the Democrats are indeed fucked. But why exactly are they fucked? Let's listen to Clinton strategist James Carville tell us why Democrats are fucked. He was on PBS NewsHour. And to help us understand more about... With Judy Woodruff. ...results could mean I'm joined by three political experts. Veteran Democratic strategist James Carville worked on many Democratic campaigns, including as lead strategist for <laughs> President Bill Clinton in 1992. He's now the co-host of the podcast Politics War Room. And full disclosure, the other co-host is my husband, journalist Al Hunt. Former Republican Congresswoman Barbara Comstock. Because you're all one big uh, shit-lib party over there. She's now a senior advisor at the law firm Baker Donaldson. And Amy Walter of the Cook Political Report with Amy Walter. Hello to all three of you. And Amy Walter, I'm going to start with you because you've been looking very closely at these exit polls, interviews with voters as they left their polling places yesterday. We want to try to understand more about 
who voted and how they voted. Tell us what you're seeing. Well, Judy, it's pretty clear, whether it's Virginia or New Jersey, that this was really a repudiation in many ways of the president. President Biden's low approval ratings nationally are also pretty low in these blue states. The exit poll in Virginia showed that uh, President Biden's job approval rating was just 45%. This is a state he won with 50 well, I mean, like it was Obama that said never underestimate Joe's ability to fuck it up, right? President's disapproval rating has goes all the way even into these state and local races down ballot as well as the gubernatorial. All politics now is national. It's not local anymore. So I think that is one big factor. The other is there was a question throughout the uh, Trump years from Democrats and Republicans about just how sturdy this suburban uh, movement away from Republicans and two Democrats would be. As one Democrat said to me, uh, during that era, I, I, he said, I'm worried that we're just renting these voters. And based on the results of last night, indeed, it looks like they were just rented, at least. At the- I, I don't I don't believe that at all. The Republicans just did a better job of motivating their va- their base. The Trump era with many suburban voters, especially the exurbs outside of the Beltway in Washington, in and around Richmond and in the Tidewater area. M- McAuliffe decided that he was going to run on like, oh, this guy's like Trump. And he elevated Trump in the election. Exactly what Hillary Clinton did. Backfired on them. Because it's easier to be like, oh, I hate these people, hate these people, as opposed to actually giving somebody, some giving people something to get motivated about. Um, they didn't lose as much ground as going way, way back. They did about as well as, say, Barack Obama did. But you combine that with really solid turnout. I mean, above presidential level numbers for Glenn Youngkin in some of the... That is how motivated the right is right now. Really a politically a deadly combination for Terry McAuliffe. And very quickly, we can show our viewers um, a graphic that shows that Glenn Youngkin was able to pull in, what, 53 percent of uh, suburban voters in Virginia compared to President, former President Trump, 45 percent uh, just last uh, November. James Carville, to you, looking at these results. Well, here we go. Uh, what went wrong? What went wrong was just stupid wokeness. All right, you don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Look at Long Island. Look at Buffalo. Look at Minneapolis. Even look at Seattle, Washington. I mean, just defund the police lunacy to take Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools. I mean, that people see that, and it it it, it it's, it's just really a, have a suppressive effect all across the country. The Democrats. Some of these people need to go. No, for- no, sir. Those people that are advocating for those things are actually motivated. And if you delivered on what they are wanting instead of telling them that what they're wanting is absurd, then maybe the Democrats might win. Well, detox center or something. I mean, they're, they're expressing the language that people just don't use. And there's a backlash and a frustration at that. And I'd be right, suburbanites in, in, in northern Virginia, suburbanites in, in, in northern New Jersey, you know, pulled away a little bit. I, y'all can never ran any ads against Biden. 
And I think what he did is, is just let the Democrats pull the pin and watch the grenade go. No, he ran ads against books about fucking slavery and shit. By changing dictionaries and change laws. And, and these faculty lounge people that sit around mulling about, I don't know what, uh, uh, they're not working. They're, look, look what happened in Buffalo. Uh, uh, again, uh, Seattle. I think that Rob Pogans may win a, a city attorney's race in Seattle. The autonomous zone. Who, who could even think of something that stupid? And they're they're suppressing our vote. And I got news for you. you you're, you're hurting the party. You're hurting the very people that you vote that you want to help. Wow. Got caught up. He's a good friend of mine. No, no, we don't. We don't want Terry McCullough. We didn't want Joe Biden. We wanted Bernie Sanders. And we got to we got to change this internally, in my view. And Barbara Comstock, uh, we've heard that perspective from James Carville, the Democrat. What about from the Republican perspective? What did Glenn Youngkin do right? What did the Democrats do wrong? Well, I would agree with uh, James on, on the wrong end. But for Glenn, he's just a very uniquely talented candidate, competent person. And he understands that politics is about addition, uh, not subtraction like uh, Donald Trump. By talented and competent, she means he's rich. Sunny optimism you saw in him. And, you know, as James knows, it's the economy, stupid. And the economy was the number one issue in Virginia. And he focused on that. And as a competent businessman, but also somebody who was very involved in charity and philanthropy, he really, you know, his genuine. Yes. Yes. How many times do we need to teach you this lesson, old man? State issues. And, you know, parents have been home. Exactly, Adam. In order to be able to, those people that created the autonomous zone are the motivated people that will get out and knock on doors if you give them something to motivate them. If you tell them they're wrong and their woke agenda is wrong, they aren't going to come out and vote for you. You are depressing their vote. The most motivated people on the left. Because Democrats don't want that. Democrats don't actually want to deliver on anything. It's stupid. Let's hear it from let's hear it from the other side, shall we? I have a feeling that Tammy Lauren is going to say about the same thing that James Carville and BBS are saying. Which is weird. We're gonna get the same fucking take over on Fox Nation. With uh, Tony uh, uh, Lemon. It wasn't just a big night for Republicans. It was a big night for freedom. And let that be a lesson to these Democrats. Don't come for parents. Don't come for our rights. And don't let the door hit you on the way out. It's time for final thoughts. The great Republican victories handed down from God and carried out by... Is is she Nazi Barbie? Or is Laura Ingram Nazi Barbie? Or is Ann Coulter Nazi Barbie? Which one is Nazi Barbie exactly? Or are they all Nazi Barbies? Come on, Tammy. Voters in Virginia and elsewhere are a testament to just how badly the Democrats are destroying our nation. And while I wish our country was in better shape and would like to see it turn around regardless of the party in charge, I am encouraged that my fellow Americans from both sides of the aisle are realizing what a dumpster fire the Brandon, I mean Biden administration and Democrat Congress have been for our nation. There is not one... Nazi wicked witches... American that can look at gas prices, inflation, the border invasion, the lawlessness in our streets, and the foreign policy nightmares caused by the Democrats and think this is working out. That realization, along with the ongoing and unabashed assault on our rights, personal, medical, professional, and parental, led to Tuesday night. 
Not only did we, and when I say we, I mean the American people as a whole, win big in Virginia, we made... No, the Republican propaganda arm called Fox Nation. Republicans were also able to take control of the Virginia House in a statewide upset. Republican Jason Mayares not only defeated a Democrat to become Virginia's attorney general, but also became the state's first Latino attorney general. And Virginia's former Marine and new... I think she's smarter than Palin. Winsome Sears is the first black woman elected to a... And and like, I saw a lot of right-wingers share this picture out, and I'm like, usually when you guys see a black person with with a gun, you call the cops. Virginia, and you guessed it, she's a Republican. In Georgetown, South Carolina, the first woman and first Republican became the city's mayor, defeating the incumbent Democrat. Think about that. No Republican has ever held that office, and now she does. And in Ohio, the Trump-backed Republican Mike Carey landed a major win in the state's 15th congressional district. And let's not forget New Jersey truck driver Ed Durr, who spent only $153 on his primary and only 5 k on his race to defeat, yes, defeat, the state Senate president, Democrat Steve Sweeney. And the winning continued not only for candidates, but in the battle of ideas, like in Minneapolis, where voters rejected a ballot initiative that would have abolished the entire police department. Her studio is in in Nashville. That's a that's a skyline of Nashville behind her. Why do you guys have to ruin such an awesome city? I fucking love Nashville. Why are you guys all invading it? Why 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 is the Daily Wire and the Tommy Tommy Larens of the world? Why are they fucking all going to Nashville? Why do you have to ruin this wonderful fucking city that I love so much? That I used to go to like every other weekend back before there was a pandemic going on. And replaced it with a Department of Public Safety. And perhaps the only thing less appetizing to voters than the BLM to fund the police agenda was the Parents Are Domestic Terrorists campaign waged by McAuliffe and Pals. None of that shit is true. I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Yeah, Nashville's still a very blue city. It's a, it's a very cool city, too. Education doesn't go over so well with voters. In fact, exit polls showed that just over half of voters said parents should have a lot of say in what kids are taught in school. It was enough to flip the I totally disagree with that. Points in Biden's I bet parents are fucking stupid. ...and the dismal performance of any agenda or politician with a D. Do, do, do you know who I think should have control over what is taught in schools? Fucking experts that know what they're talking about, not dumbass parents. ...behind his or her name. But Republican and now Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin's victory is not just big for the state of Virginia, but the country as a whole. But don't just take it from me. What happens in Virginia will in large part determine... What happens in 2022, 2024, and on? Oh, Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. You are finally right about something. Yes, cherry-picked indeed, because as you guys have been following since the election, like I've ran down all the progressives that won on Tuesday, all the progressive agenda that, that won, the few bright spots in the election. Tuesday's victory showed us three very... But unlike the right-wingers, I don't, I don't ignore what's going on with them either. Democrats' socialist agenda is a bust. Two, your rights as a human, a parent, and an... No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If it actually was a socialist agenda, 
it would probably be incredibly popular. Instead, what you're doing is calling this neoliberal order with their fucking third way still mentality, socialism, and it's bullshit. From her face hole! Roll on, even without Trump in office, though his endorsements and guidance are still crucial. Folks, a red wave is building and it cannot be stopped. This isn't just a Republican thing. This isn't just a conservative thing. This is an American thing. But this doesn't mean we can fall into complacency or asleep like our president, because the Democrats will now full court press with voter fraud and open border initiatives. And wait for it. Now that they've been dealt losses in places they thought they had in the bag, they will now throw Biden under the bus and pretend he's the only problem, not the radical communist agenda they plug into his teleprompter. And remember, we Republicans will always be at a disadvantage because we have this affinity for voting legally, alive, in person, and only once. You know, the old school way. Still, we fight the fight even when it's unfair because we have to. All of the examples of voter fraud that I've been made aware of have been on the Republican side with people trying to vote twice. People trying to vote for their dead relatives. For Trump. Literally. Tammy. Biden is indeed the problem, and we knew this uh, during the primary last year. Holy shit. We have a country to save, we've had enough, and we're coming for our freedom, our rights, and soon, the White House. Those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless, and take care. What is that little hand wave she did? I don't don't even know. I I don't know what to say. But hey, I'm a leftist and I can't articulate an argument. This is a video of Ben Shapiro from Young America's Foundation. I think we have two different definitions. The reason that I'm finding this conversation mildly incorrect is because you're not giving me your definition so we can actually reach something here. I was about to say, look how they've, they've, they've cut it off. We don't know what's going on. Can you just do me a favor and define the terms and your definition, sure. white privilege, microaggression, and trigger warnings? Because it seems that we have very different um, definitions of it, mm-hmm. and yours seem to be kind of one-dimensional and simplistic, which makes your arguments agreeable, yes, on the surface, yes. but not wonderful. <laughs> um, agreeable on the surface, yes, but not really anything more than basic. Okay. Um, well, since you're already critiquing them, why don't you give me... Oh my god! She just called Ben Shapiro a basic white bitch! That's that. That seems more productive. No, no, no. Actually, I just want to hear yours because that's how your whole... I want to know what your argument is based upon. And your definitions are what matters here, not mine. So, please continue. Okay, so I'll give mine and then we can trade if we want. We can have a whole discussion with y'all. So, my definition of white privilege is that America was founded on racism and that it is inherent in the Constitution of the United States and our legal system, and it is unremovable. It is indeed inherent in our Constitution. I can point you to the amendment. In the United States and our legal system. It is bound up in our economics. It's bound up in our our intellectual system. It's bound up in all the institutions that surround us. And therefore, individual failings 
are largely due or no between groups group failings are due to these institutional biases that long predated the people who are born today as opposed yeah I dropped you guys in son souls chat last night and they were talking about uh wop and son soul took the 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 you know the musical composite because I'm not I'm not a musician he took the musical composition of it went with it I I think it's brilliant because not only is it an acronym, WAP, wet-ass pussy, but WAP is also the noise it makes when you're fucking one. WAP, 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 WAP. It's fucking hilarious. That is such a great double entendre. Brilliant, brilliant. The, the fault or responsibility of the individual today. Do you find that deeply wrong or unfair? I think that's very one-dimensional, but can you please go so, on to my progression? No, I'm just curious. I don't want to sure. share. Yeah, no, I mean, I, don't, I, mean, I, I it's, you know, you can label it whatever you want. I was hoping to get your definition also so we can actually come You don't it. think that was intentional? I think it's totally intentional. If you want me just to define things, if I, okay, dictionary time. Because she... Because the lyrics are like macaroni in the pot. That's some wet-ass pussy. Wop, wop, wop. Like, she, like, they say it in the song. I think it was totally intentional. Like Cardi's a smart woman. So is Megan. Okay. So, <laughs> so micro so microaggressions according to Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff in the Atlantic are largely defined as implicit statements that we make that offend other people without even knowing it. And they're based subjectively. They're mm-hmm. not based objectively. So I can say something to you, like if I ask you where you're from, right? You can take that as a microaggression, particularly No, no, not really. I'm thinking that you are a foreigner, for example. And to me, subjectivity and interpretation is significantly less important or decent for a, for a society. Oh, oh, oh. I thought, I thought they were meaning uh, wasp, uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. That's, that's what I thought we were referring to with wasp. I, I didn't even know about the without papers acronym. That one's a new one to me. Um... Personally, I do agree with that definition to an extent. Um, the comment that you made about having microaggression, microaggressions allow someone to put their hands on them or ha- allow someone to ha- act negatively or aggressively or physically, I do disagree with that because I think that's taking a jump away from what microaggressions actually mean. So then what are microaggressions? So instead, why don't you just say, that offends me? And which is perfectly fine, but I think that what microaggressions mean, you are taking it another step outside of what the common definition is, or at least the definition that I may use. I just think that... Right, you, you, you're right that I'm, I'm extending the logic to what campuses actually do, namely punish people for microaggressions or take measures against them. So you may agree that something's a microaggression, there shouldn't be measures against it. I'm suggesting that we come to an agreement now, you and I, that, that, that the language of microaggressions ought to go away, and instead we'll just call them up subjectively offensive states. She's witty enough to come up with WAP. I think implies there's something objectively aggressive about what I am saying to you if I say something to you that you don't like. No, no, that is not a microaggression, Ben. You're not, it's interesting. So I'm glad you're here. I will step by that one because I just... <laughs> <laughs> um, next one is trigger warnings. Okay, so trigger warnings are, again, based on the idea that I'm going to say something to you that is... I mean, I, I, what are you here? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it, yes. definition of... Trigger warnings mean you're going to be dealing with a sensitive subject matter like abuse or rape or something that is going to 
cause people to have feelings. So you do that to let people be able to prepare themselves. It's it's just being courteous, Ben. Like how, you know, there should be a trigger warning for Ben before the video for WAP. Because I think we have two different definitions of what all these terms... The reason that I'm finding this conversation mildly unproductive is you're not giving me your definition so we can actually reach something here. And we cut away. What she's trying to say is his statements are loaded. They contain presuppositions in them. He did a good job of defining things and then going further and saying, but I also believe this about it. Oh, but as I said, like, it's time for me to go pass out on the couch, watch something because I am fucking tired. Hopefully we're going to have sparkles here tomorrow. I'm, I was out of uh, I was out of puppies in costumes for you guys. I'm sorry. I said we would have them all week, but here are some here are some uh, pities showing how well fucking behaved they are. Guys, I'm going to dump you in a friend's. Which she is somebody I went to college with. Her name is Reg's Voice. Usually she's playing video games. It looks like she's just chatting with people. Go be nice to her. Give her a follow. She is awesome. She actually was uh, starred in one of my movies. Uh, so... I'm not a fan of corn dogs myself. She started one of my movies called Salvation. I'm going to dump you guys over there. Be kind to her. She is awesome. Hopefully we're going to have sparkles here for the freak show tomorrow. If not, I'll, I'll call up the media winch. We'll do a show tomorrow. No matter what, go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freak, and we'll see you tomorrow night on the Friday Night Freak Show.